This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. I have with me Apostle Don Beasley, a senior pastor Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. Uh, Don, welcome back. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Well, I'm doing good. We left off on July uh, 27, 2022. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard what we're going to continue with today, look on my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org worldministries.org, click on uh, television and radio, and it'll take you, and uh, under radio, click on listen and look up July 27, 2022, to hear part one. I'm going to give a little bit of a recap. We did it on Christian mythology. Bad theology is one of the reasons for the demise of America and the nations. The bigger we think we are, the smaller We make God. If you don't know your enemy, you can't defeat the enemy. And bad theology is destroying the church. The Apostle Paul taught that there is a truth to be known and should be fought for. Most Christians are espousing myths of man where relative truth is replacing the absolute truth of God. There are prominent church leaders espousing and teaching utter nonsense, in other words, bad theology. Without absolute truth, there is amorality. LGBTQ textbooks in schools are literally child pornography. Amorality will lead to the idea of no creator. Jesus told Pilate that he came to be a witness of truth. Truth is authority. Christianity is only inclusive if one comes to faith through Jesus Christ. Don, that was a good program. Yes, it was. It's uh, it's, it's really been something. I've been working on this for a couple of years now just to, you know, really get to, I, I guess I came to the realization that, you know, when we talk about theology or there's, you know, every time I turn around, I look at these guys that come up with this stuff and they don't really have any, real uh, theological training. You know, it's kind of doing the best they can and kind of making it up on their own as they go. And we're seeing the result of it. Now, what I came to the realization of is that whatever theology a person holds, no matter what it is, 
no one forced, can force him to hold that theology. So this theology, is, even though it's taught by human beings and whatever, no one's forcing them to adopt this theology. We adopt the theology that we want to or that we desire to. So people are running around looking for interpretations to Scripture that fits where they are. They don't want transformation. They want confirmation. They just want somebody to tell them what they're doing is okay. And, and the Bible tells us not to conform, and that's what confirmation is. It's a conformity uh, to the world around us rather than being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's what creates these myths that we have. And the greatest of all myths is evolution. And it's the one that is the underpinning driver of all of this stuff. And it, 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 it shows itself in a religion called humanism. Uh, where humans are the center of the world, not God, and everything then goes out from us. And so, and then everything, all the really bad theology comes whenever we replace God. So the original lie in the Garden of Eden is you can be your own God. And that's what evolution conforms for us rather than transforms. It says you can be your own God. You are your own God. Humans are the creators of everything about themselves. Now, I want to go back to just a little bit of what you said in our last program. Um, you gave a statistic about uh, a certain percentage of these very well-known pastors, uh, whether they're televangelists, mega pastors, that have, I think you said, 70% of the books are written by them, and it seems like they have become their own little God. They have twisted the word of God uh, like evolution twists the truth of the creator, Don. It's, uh, you know, when I really first started coming across this and getting connected to all this understanding of this, is I really asked my question, I was reading the Bible one day and it said doctrines of demons. And, you know, we read over that and we don't think anything about it. And I just stopped, wrote it down, and I said, what is a doctrine of a demon? What is it? And it took me, I mean, it isn't, it's not an easy study. It takes a long time to really figure it out. And actually what you begin to understand is they're, all of them are some kind of assault on God's, the truth revealed by God in the scriptures and the morality that is around that truth. Uh, and so what we come into that whole thing, and that that's where we get into what you're talking about with these, once I did this study and and I realized, so look, look at mega churches, and I found out that like um, almost ninety over over ninety percent of all churches in America are under hundred congregants. And then you start looking at like the next thing you come to is they have a a mega church that's over over um, a thousand, and there's only like um, I forgot how many is, but it's like seven or eight percent of those are the churches in America. And then you get your giga church, which is over 10,000, and they're only, they're less than a half, less than a quarter of a percent of all the churches. And then you have a, a, a group of churches that's about six or 7% that run between 500 and 1,000, or five, 500 and 2,000. And so then you take, then you go to like all the books being written today that are being published. Now, now there are some self-published books or whatever, but the majority of books that are being published and whatever, um, over 90% of 
all the theology being promoted out there is out of this, out of about two and a half to three percent of the church. What's what's you know there? Maybe you might get to five percent. So five percent of the church is directing all the theology. So they're all telling us to lighten this up, don't do that, and they basically call themselves the emerging church or the emerging. But that's basically the name they call themselves, the emerging church. And they have, you know, they say things like we need to have, uh, we don't want to throw out the Bible, but we need to become more savvy and have be more aware of our interpretive grids that we bring to the Bible. And so it's all about how we interpret the scriptures versus the, the scriptures really are interpreting us. But we switched it around, and so we're switching everything. And they say that, you know, that... You know, they, they come to this whole concept that the most dangerous thing on the planet is a person that thinks they know what truth is. And so we get that, and so we get into this whole relative truth. But what's so amazing about this whole concept here? And so that, but what, I, what you're talking about is the percentages. If you go to the conferences and whatever, and you look at the people who speak at the conferences and whatever, they're the people who, like one, the one guy, they, they said to get the butts in the street, but. Uh, butts in the seats, but the one guy uh, who's one, like an apostle of the emerging church, he never, his church was never over 500 people. And so, but he's one of the greatest, he's written 30 or 35 books in the emerging church group, and they all quote from him. And people that you wouldn't even realize, even like Philip Keller over the last few years, is being pulled into the emerging church group and writing all kinds of nonsense about our view of the world and sin and whatever. And, they, and it's because we're, we're like frogs in a kettle that have been this student. And so if I have just a minute, I, I, we have to break it down. There's three epistemologies in the span of human history right now. And we call them pre-modern, modern, and post-modern. And what's really interesting is pre-modern, it, it dates from creation until 400 years ago. So for roughly five to 6,000 years of human history, this was the universal agreement uh, of mankind that the way we know truth is because it's been revealed to us by God. There are a few exceptions, but the culture as a whole embraced the idea that we know what we know because of a divine being revealed it to us. Then in the beginning of the 17th century, around the early 1600s, this tide began to turn and increasing numbers of intellectuals rejected the idea of authority and revelation as the source of knowledge. And it began the modern view uh, was what we call the Enlightenment. And it's lasted from the early 1600s to the early 1970s. So for the better part of now, for 400 years, the modern epistemology believed that truth exists and we can know it. But no longer did they say we know it because God reveals it. They said we know truth only by the most reliable uh, source, which is through the scientific method, through the use of criticism, reason, and our senses. And so if you can reason, if, you, if, if I can reason my way to it, if I can put it in the test tube, put it in the laboratory, reproduce it, then I know it's true. But the end of the 20th century brought us to what is only the third view of knowledge in human history. And that's postmodern view. It began only in the early 1970s. And again, it began in academics. 
And so you can boil it all down to two different things. They came out and they, they said the truth does not exist. There is no objective, absolute truth. And if it does exist, you can't know it. So you might as well forget it anyway. And then they said there's no universal explanation of meaning in the world. So there's no, as they would call it, meta narrative. And that's a big key word you hear a lot of today, meta. There's no great overarching meaning and explanation of the world in which we live. Christianity would be one of those meta narratives that explains the, the way the world is, but they reject it, and they reject all narrative except their own narrative. And so then it's leached into the church. Through, through, we've been in this, so, these, so it leaches in through intellectualism and all this whole concept of being wanting to be you know, a friend of the world and they have multiple ways they do it, but that that's that's basically the idea where we're where we're at. And so, from that, what it helps me understand today. So, what happened in the 1700s is they, because of of Darwin, they now had a theory of which they could start hanging this stuff on that this didn't come from God; it comes from us. And so, they begin to replace themselves, the intellectuals, the elite begin to in, 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 uh, uh, exchange God for themselves. And what they said had more power than what God said. And they begin to demand it. But what they've been doing for years, I think that it's kind of gone uh, undetected by us, is they've been redefining everything. Today, we see this redefining happening right out in the broad open. They've done it so much that now they don't even hide it anymore. And they're defining gender, they're defining race, they're redefining holiness, they're redefining morality, they're redefining everything right before our eyes, changing in the dictionaries. And so that's what, so they're redefining everything to put themselves in charge. And so that's where, that's where we're at. And what's happening with these men that teach this stuff and women is they've just been so saturated and you go look at their pedigrees, they've been saturated in these liberal institutions of eliteness where they they can't pull themselves away from those people so they inject that stuff into theology and pass it on to people and that's where we find ourselves today well they basically castrated and aborted a true ambassador of jesus christ and uh, they might as well call themselves a philosopher or psychologist a psychiatrist uh, evolutionist but they've taken away god out of the the, the system, so there's no influence by the true and living God, the Word of God, and it it's all comes right back to Aristotle or hedonism, Don. Uh, they, they, have, exactly. they have aborted God. Exactly. The, and then, the, so today, we were talking about strategies for victory. When, I, when we come to this, it can be kind of, it can, when you first really start to see this, it can be kind of depressing, but in reality, where we find ourselves right now is that we're exactly where the apostles were in the first century. Uh, we're back in that very same place. It's almost hard to imagine that we've gone that way, but what happened, there's a lot of different pieces to this, but what they had that we have to regain and still have is we have a gospel with amazing power, the power of the Holy Spirit to transform lives, to, try, to deliver people from different kinds of things. I mean, and they know, see, they know this, and they've been burnt by this before. So now they say, I was just watching a piece last night on television, 
of a guy who transitioned from a from a um, man to a woman, and now his life is completely wrecked. He was just on there talking about this is the dumbest thing I ever did, and whatever. And he just said, you know, I'm going to die this way. I can't be switched back. And it was just a really sad deal. But as I sit there watching, I think, and here they know that the church has the power to help people with this. So what they're doing now is they're making it against the law to be able to help anybody. If, if they want to teach all of our kids that they're trans everything and when they're little children in school, and then they want to make it illegal for you to tell them anything else. Like, and I live in a state right now where it is illegal. If somebody came to me right now and said, I want you to, to counsel me, to, I, I don't want to, you know, be whatever I am. I want to be what God created me to be. If they're if they're being counseled or directed or toward any whatever, now I will do it. I don't really care. You can you throw me in jail. I don't really care. This is my job. But the reality is, is that's what they want to do: is scare people to death so that you can't, you won't even counsel them to change, because they know we have the that where the power is, and what they're doing is they're trying to make the law the power, and we're right where Peter was, and they said, "Don't preach this gospel anymore," and he said, "You know what he said to them? He said, well." I know you say I shouldn't, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. When I leave, I'm going to preach the gospel. You know, People's lives are going to be transformed. Yeah, if you believe what these guys are saying, then all of the millions of martyrs since the time of Christ himself gave up their lives for nothing, Don. Um, they, they've totally taken away the true and living God for, again, for, for a lie. Uh, Romans chapter 1. Exactly. That's, where, that's just where we... Find, you know, we find ourselves, and I, I shared last week in the message, you know, in 2002, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, based in San Francisco, declared the Pledge of Allegiance unconstitutional because of the words, under God. God, they're removing God as quickly as they can from American mainstream culture. But it's more than that. It's not just about the word God, it's about the word under. Without God, there's no under. The state becomes the final authority, and everyone becomes their own God. Exactly. We'll go back to Genesis chapter three once again. Well, I want to get to. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do want to touch on just three things. I want you, you mentioned about this uh, Godfather of heresy. Uh, uh, his church is five hundred or less, and everyone's referring to him. Um, you know. The Bible says very clearly, and, and Paul taught it to mark those that are, uh, because they took the truth as so important that somebody that has the audacity to change the truth and lead people astray, mark them. What is this guy's name? His name is Brian McLaren. Brian McLaren. Wow. And you know, that's why uh, you hear T.D. Jakes, uh, he, 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 he vacillates on everything now, including homosexuality. I won't call it a sin. And uh, let me tell you, T.D. Jakes is another guy, literally, that is, that is very dangerous. I believe he's a, hate, a racist. Uh, he's a friend of Ofri Rinfrey. I believe he, he has evolutionized the gospel into something it's not. And uh, that's Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, Don? Yeah, it's a, you know what it what it really goes back to. This is stuff is this stuff all has its roots in, in, from antiquity, and uh, when it comes to morality, like this is now you're getting there's truth, and when you when you deny there's an absolute truth, then there's no absolute morality. And there was a guy named Pythagoras who was a Greek philosopher, and he didn't believe that you could know there was a God, and so 400 years before Christ in Greece. 
particularly in Athens, his agnosticism led him to reason that if there's no God, there's no divine law, there's no absolute, and then he denied them all, and he taught that man was the measure of rightness and wrongness in everything. What's interesting is, is even the Athenians saw the bankruptcy of his ideas and what he taught, and they threw him out of Athens and burned all of his words. Wow. But tragically, the ideas that Pythagoras promoted survive and are still alive and well today. And that's what we got to ask ourselves. Were these really the ideas of a man, or were these spiritual ideas of demons that continue on through that? They passed through all that stuff, and those guys have long been dead for a long, long time and were, were exposed as frauds in the days they lived. Wow. But their ideas are being resurrected again today and i think that they really the real key i don't think we realize how much support these people got from darwin and his evolutionary ideas of the species well the father of all lies remains the same and and uh if we want to trace it all back that's where it's coming from satan himself satan himself you know uh in this state that i live in Washington State, you know, Illinois, Washington State, these are horrible liberal states li- led by very uh, anti-Christ people for the most part. But, uh, and that's why, you know, that's why we see in both of our states that you and I live in, Don, uh, such an attack on Jesus Christ, such an attack on morality, on truth, and uh, pushing every form of evil and amorality there is to push. But uh, without absolute truth, there is a morality. That's what we said in the last program. We said the LGBTQ textbooks in schools are literally child pornography. Now, again, years ago when they tried to stop even not only same-sex marriage, but before Washington State got the same-sex marriage, just wanted to give them equal rights as far as equality of same-sex marriage, of marriage couples. And I know that I did programs in my studio with senators, members of the House, pastors, and, uh, you know, they just wanted to call it a, a different view what these people have. They didn't. And I said, guys, you got to call it sin. If you don't take it to a higher authority, who cares about your view? They're going to say their view is as, just as relevant as your view. You're not going to win this thing. And only on my program did we call it sin because I was in charge. I watched the debates on other programs and they did not call it sin. And we lost, Don. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it, when you look at the percentages of people who, and their views on um, on these things, and like a morality and absolute truth and whatever, I mean, even in the church, I think only in the church, only one out of three adults believe in absolute truth and morality, and only only um, yeah, one out of three, and, and one out of ten uh, young people, teenagers or whatever, believe in it. So we have a much just I want to show you, I want to name a couple people here and what they show you what they're writing in these books so that we understand how dangerous they are. Please. Dan, Dan Kimball is a pastor of an emergent church in Santa Cruz, California, and he speaks in conferences all across the country. And he wrote a book that called They Like Jesus But Not the Church, talking about the secular world. And in that book, he writes, I sometimes wish homosexuality were not a sin issue. So they know it's a sin issue if they really read the Bible. Yes. Because he goes, because I've met gay people who are the most kind, solid, loving, supportive people I've ever met. Their sexual orientation isn't something they can just turn off. He goes on to say, because this is such a huge issue in our culture, 
We can no longer just regurgitate what we've been taught about homosexuality. We can no longer merely quote a few isolated verses and say, case closed. What I find is, so we have determined that the question of sinfulness of homosexuality is up for a debate. That's what these guys are saying. That's we, right. need to debate, we need to debate this issue. But the reality is, is that God has already said, this is what I'm saying, case closed. So, he, and so they're saying, when they say that we can no longer can, they're even saying God can't even say that. Wow. But they claim to be worshiping God, and they deny his own word. And they know, they know they're doing it. And then Brian McClare, an apostle in Virgin Church, writes, many of us, that is emerging leaders, don't know what we should think about homosexuality. And listen to this. We've heard all the sides, but no position has yet won our confidence. Now, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I want Apostle Don Beasley to hold that thought. We're going to pick it up again. But the Apostle Paul taught there is truth to be known and should be fought for. And he named those that were teaching a lie. Now, we're going to pick this up next week. Again, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Senior Pastor Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.